This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Good morning, everyone. Hello, everybody. <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. Hope <laughs> everybody's had a good week, interesting week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, good morning, Roberta. <laughs> That's someone listening online for folks who are curious. I'm just seeing people come up. So, lucky number 13. <laughs> um, Viewer number 13. Good you. morning from Alabama. Good morning, Alabama. Good to see you. <laughs> Glad you're here. If you can name, uh, first one to name the artist's next track's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, access, free access to all of our episodes. <laughs> who played the bass in the doors? <laughs> Trick question. Uh, Paul McCartney. Yeah. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Revolution Church. Um, world is still insane in 2021, believe it or not. Oh, goodness. Goodness, goodness, goodness. Goodness gracious. Good morning, Bob. Is Bob is here? Um, hey, Zoe. Missed you, too. So says they missed us. Well, I had a long week with the kiddos and uh, lots of fun. Good weather here in the Seattle area. It was really nice weather. So we were able to go play at the parks, which is nice. And uh, oh, we did all sorts of fun stuff. We built a wrestling ring in the Ooh. park. Um, my son thought that if he flushed the toilets in the park toilet thing, that he was blowing the building up. So he kept saying he had to go blow the building up and walk into the bathroom, which I thought was a little bit, <laughs> bit strange. Yeah, you might want to nip that behavior in the bud. Yeah, <laughs> not that, yeah, yeah, and playing playing in the public bathroom, not a good thing. Yeah. Not a good, not, not a good dad move for me. Um, so yeah, so here we are, and on the verge of all sorts of insane insanity and good things, hopefully. Um, Yes, yes. Uh, tomorrow uh, is Martin Luther King Day, which I'm very excited about. And uh, Friday was Dr. King's birthday. And uh, as you know, he's uh, always been a huge inspiration for me and uh, encouraged my work. A brilliant man who I think, had he made the decision to be anything else, he would have been that or he could have been a great philosopher. Um, not that he wasn't a philosopher, but I think if he had gone into philosophy, he would have been probably the, one of the most important philosophers of the 20th century. Um, brilliant man, complex man. You know, one of the things about Dr. King is he has such complexity to him and um, also contradictions, as we all do. And I, I love that about Dr. King. Um, what I find interesting is, is often people want to talk about like King being a Marxist or King, you know, uh, you know, they're like the real King, the shocking King. And, and, and it's funny to me is like, I often share quotes about him, about loving your enemies and things like that. And people are like, Oh, that's the, you know, kind of the soft King. And I'm like, it, it might seem like the soft King, but like in this day and age when, you know, in the day and age that he was living in and now looking at mm. what we're in, when we are encouraged by someone to to treat our enemies in a particular way that w- w- with love 
um, it's a huge challenge. And so I'm, I, I like to push back on people like, well, actually, if you try this, if you try what he's saying here, it's not soft. It might sound soft and lovey-dovey, but if you try this and put this in action, um, it's, it's very tough stuff. And one of the things I loved about Dr. King was, is that as much as he did talk about not letting anybody drag you down enough to hate them, um, and not scapegoating your enemies. He also believed in accountability Mm. for his enemies. Mm. And he also wasn't so sentimental that he believed that like, well, if they just hear my message about love, they won't kill me. Mm. You know, he knew the importance that laws needed to be changed to protect his life, his brothers and sisters lives, his children's lives. Um, and at the end of his career, you know, he was he was defending the poor, you know, uh, all the all the poor, you know, uh, and and I, I always thought that was just extremely amazing to me that Dr. King just always went further and further and further to recognize those who were left out and uh, and how to be a constructive way how to deal with your enemies by showing them love. Mm-hmm. Um, but also exposing their contradictions and exposing their mm-hmm. their misinformation, you know, like by saying we have to put this out there, you know, they'd be like, "You're creating tension." He goes, "No, no, no, I'm just exposing tension that's already there," right? You know, so um, I think when we think about you know Dr. King tomorrow, and I think about Dr. King a lot. Um, I have one of his quotes hanging up here on my wall. Um, I I think it's, you know, yeah, I mean, what he said about the Vietnam War, he was anti-war. You know, all these amazing things is that, you know, realize that we're talking about a complex figure. You know, Dr. King is a complex man and not a perfect man, but a complex man who really uh, was was capable of knowing how to to move within the system. Um, and and not mm. become the system so much that the FBI thought he was the, one of the most dangerous humans alive um, because he loved people, but he also saw the need to confront people who were hurting others, and he saw the need to have laws to protect others. So it, what a what an what an amazing human being, and I, I'm I'm really excited to that there's a Dr. King Day. You know, I mean that, that we that people stop to think about it. And I just don't, you know, I don't take any of his, his quotes because he was s- such a complex man. I just, you know, you have to take all those quotes and put them together. A quote, just person doesn't just live in a quote mm-hmm. or just a few quotes, you know, you have to take them all together. And there's some amazing quotes out there. Um, I saw a lot of people on Friday digging really deep and finding some really amazing ones and, 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 and trying to, you know, create a, a solid picture of the whole man, you know, um, and there's tough truths there, and he spoke tough, tough truths in love. And I, and I, I really, I, I, I aspire to do that. Um, I, I feel like Dr. King showed me how to love and how to show better compassion towards people um, in my life, and also how to be more constructive with that compassion and not just be like, "I love you, see you later, keep mm-hmm. killing people." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love you, and this has got to stop. Mm-hmm. And this is why. Right. Know that you know you're not. I'm not. I'm not. Still not going to let you be the enemy. I'm going to let that information be the enemy. Mm. But I am going to confront it. So I, I think that's pretty beautiful. Yeah, it is. And complex. So there you go. There's my my my, my riffing on, on on Dr. King this morning. Um, 
Bernice, Bernice King is on um, Twitter. If you don't follow her, follow her. She's pretty great. Um, she's, you know, I've actually tweeted her before and she's gotten back to me. I mean, it's like, bam, you know, pretty amazing woman. Um, and Coretta Scott. I mean, we wouldn't have Martin Luther King if it wasn't King Day, if it wasn't for Coretta Scott King, you know. So, I mean, it's just, you know, and all the other people who are involved. So, anyhow. We're in Galatians 3. Um, I've been thinking a lot about uh, Galatians 3, obvious, obvious, obviously. 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 But also um, a lot going on in the country. And I think, you know, we'll probably end up talking about some of that stuff as we go through Galatians 3 today. Um, so I'm not going to just riff on everything that's happening. I mean, obviously, Wednesday, we have the inauguration, inauguration and a lot of things are going on. And I'm honestly trying not to get my news off social media. I'm really trying to to not. Uh, there's so much misinformation; it, it makes me crazy. Um, so we're in the Bible. <laughs> Be careful, because mm-hmm. it's a suspect device. Whoa! Oh, um, hey, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I'm pretty cool. Um, what you got through the Anarchist Cookbook? I did. Yeah. No, it's the Bible. <laughs> um, Galatians three. So Paul has just talked about confronting Peter and confronting Peter because Peter was, was afraid to sit with Gentiles or Greek people because he was afraid of what James's guys would think if he was sitting with non Jew, non Jewish Christians. And Paul called him out on it. And we went through that and it's really a highlight. And, and I usually at the end of the Galatians talks, uh, the last one, I usually just go through my highlights, and that's definitely best of definitely in there through Galatians highlights, not my own. Um, so, again, this is a rebuke letter, and, and, and the complexity and beauty of this book is that it's a book about grace that teaches us so much about grace, and I think it's probably the the most the best book on grace in the New Testament. Um, Martin Luther, the reformer, would agree. And mm-hmm. um, and it's a book, it's a letter that is a rebuke letter. And I mean, could you imagine, you know, you're writing like a letter to like rebuke somebody and tell them to get their life together or whatever. And it's also one of the most graceful books you've ever written. Once again, call back to Dr. King. He, he, he knew it. He had it. He had that. Mm. Um, so three starts with pretty harsh. You foolish Galatians, exclamation point. Who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly exhibited as crucified. The only thing I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive the spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? I mean, he's pretty pretty harsh here. Mm. Having started with the Spirit, are you now ending it with the flesh? Did you experience so much for nothing? If it really was for for nothing, well then, does God supply you with the Spirit and work miracles amongst you by you doing the works of the law or by you believing what you heard? Um, Great thing here is like back to... To, to the religion of religion of Christianity is is the radical thing is he's saying, you know, 
you can't petition really petition God with, you know, you can pray, but God doesn't do that because you're praying or God doesn't do that because you didn't do a certain amount of sins or because you went to church every Sunday Mm. or you read this many books or you voted for a particular political party, um, you know, because you're a conservative or because you're a Republican or because you're, you know, super right or super left, you know, none of that. It was saying, you know, why does God work? Not because of what you we do but because of what you believed this is why god works miracles among you now honestly i have a hard time with miracles because i've i've seen there's times i wish god showed up and didn't show up um but that's here nor there i i do see a a comment from our, our buddy bob good old friend bob saying um you know it was much harder. He was much harsher. Paul, the apostle, was much harsher in the original Greek. And, uh, yeah, I believe it. he was really upset. And then teaching you about grace at the same time. It's like, whoa, are you from Minnesota, dude? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Passive-aggressive joke. Um, also would like to thank Fred Knowlton for this morning's McDonald's. Me too. Thanks, Fred. Thanks for your sponsorship, Fred. Or <clears throat> we should just put Fred Knowlton on the cups rather than McDonald's. Yeah. Um. So anyway, just as uh, so, so, so we're looking at this and seeing what Christ does now, does that mean we don't do good things? Of course not. I mean, we, we just talked about Dr. King. I mean, Dr. King made an exceptional change in this world. Um, but I think what King understood was is that when we love, when we try to love God, we really love our neighbor. We mm-hmm. really love the other. Yep, and. So I don't think he was in this thing of like, uh, I feel like a lot of evangelical preachers who have these really big churches and really big buildings are often caught in this idea that they're doing it for God. Like they've got to, they want to please God. They want to make God happy. So they have to do great things in the name of God. And sometimes that gets confused. And you can see that when people start to fall to the wayside. And it's almost like they're just doing this direct messaging with God of like, oh, look, God, I've got this great building. and I've got thousands of people here. You know, and it's almost like the people become the second thought. And I think what Paul sees, I think what Dr. King sees is that how do I express my love is loving others, mm-hmm. is by reaching out to others. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an important thing to see here um, is how that's expressed. Um, but the cool thing, once again, I'm just going to come back about this faith, is that it's not based on those things. You know, God has no favorites. So God doesn't go like, well, you know, King is my guy, but, you know, Malcolm X, you know, I don't know. No, no. He's like, I love all these people equally. I don't work amongst them because of the great things they do or the bad things they do. You know, it's we want to have these in our, in our life, we want to have all these categories. And we're very good at it. I mean, especially with social media now. Now we know who's in and who's out and who to cancel and not based on what tribe we're involved in. Right. Um, but that's... God's above that and above these things. And we're going to get into that in a minute to the point where, where Paul is asking us to take down our dividers. goes on to say, um, just as Abraham believed God and was reckoned to him as righteous, so your descendants of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith declared in the gospel uh, beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the Gentiles shall be blessed as you for reasons. Those who believe are blessed with Abraham who believes. 
Um, and, and, and if you know about Abraham, Abraham had faith before the law, before there was the law. Grace existed before the law. Mm. Um, for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all things written in the book of the law. Now it is evidence that no one is justified before God by the law. For the one who righteous will live by faith, but the law does not rest on faith. On the contrary, whoever does the works of the law will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now, this is also why people mocked Christ and Christianity is because because they were like, you know, a cursed God. But that's what we serve as a cursed, humiliated God. Um, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, might come for the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the scriptures through faith. So, you know, Paul is just trying to basically say, like, listen, guys, you want these, you want the Gentiles, you want to control the Gentiles through guilt, through religious law, and through things like this. And what I'm trying to tell you is that this law is no longer there. And people want to say the law is there because Christ came to fulfill the law, but, and then they, well, you can argue about what that meant uh, all day long. But I think Paul in this book here is making it clear is that it meant the law was fulfilled, it was done, it was over, and we don't have to live by it. Now, of course, as humans, we create new laws and new ideas mm-hmm. and new things of saying, well, this is what really means if you love a particular way, if you think a particular way. Um, no room for contradiction, which is sad because humanity is contradiction. Um, often no room for suffering, which is sad because life is suffering. Yep. Um, so, so the fact is, is, is we, we created a, a, another religion, another Christianity um, that is, doesn't even recognize Christianity. It is, it, to, I can't even recognize as Christianity. I thought it was Christianity growing up until I started reading Paul's writings and then going back to Jesus and understanding what Jesus said and then really you know, hashing it out and studying and, and doing the things that I was told as a good Christian did, but then I found out things that people said wasn't Christian enough. I don't know. It's very confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell me about it. Woo! <laughs> That's exhausting. Yeah, it is. Um, so this is the idea is, is grace is transformed. I, I received a, 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 a tweet yesterday from someone who said that they were listening to one of the talks about grace and that they thought one of the things that grace was doing was chipping away at some of their own hurts and their own wounds that had been made by others. And that's completely correct. I mean, that's what grace does. When you accept, you're accepted, and then you start to see that others are accepted. There's some healing starts to take place. Now, I'm not saying that was magical for me. I had to go to therapy and counseling mm-hmm. and all sorts of different things to to work on out and and fail and fall on my face yeah. a million times to get to the point where I'm accepting myself for who I am, not just through grace, but just as a, just a human being, you know, and not taking every little negative thing as truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I I, I think. You know, grace is is really transformative, and, and and I could try to explain it to you. But what I want to just really, I'm just going to say, and this is creepy, so don't do it. But I'm going to say it anyway. 
trust me. (laughs) You don't have to trust me, but I feel that grace does transform our lives in a really beautiful way. And if you're anything like me, you'll become obsessed with it. So for me, I was 20, found out about this thing, Grace. I'm 45 now and can't stop talking about it at 45. Um, I read philosophy. I read theology. um, And all it does is give me new ways to think about grace. So it's like I'm constantly just working out this concept Mm. of grace. It's this beautiful thing that never arrives. Mm. I never get to the place where I completely understand it. Um, And then now lately I've been trying to move out of my faith and out of spirituality and see what it looks like outside of religion and see what it looks like as as a human way of living and how we can all share this together. So it's pretty an amazing grace. That's I'm gonna. (laughs) That'd be a good song title. Yeah, I think so. Maybe write something out. Save an awesome guy like me, you know? Um, something like that. Something like Once that. Was lost, now I'm full. <laughs> I was hungry, now I'm full. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's, that's <laughs> so Sorry. we're going to go on a little bit more uh, to 15. Great. Uh, Galatians 3 is long. So I, I'm always, when I do Galatians 3, I'm like, am I going to? Am I going to read the whole thing or not? And, 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 I, and I should probably make that decision before I come <laughs> here. But right. I have two children that are like, little tornadoes. If you could see, if I turn this camera around, you'd be like, what happened? (laughs) Um, (laughs) The president would be like, we have an emergency in Seattle. (laughs) Um, So here we go. Brothers and sisters, I give an example from this daily life. Once a person, person's will, like, you know, your will that you write before you die, has been ratified, no one adds to it or annuls it. Now, the promises that were made to Abraham and his offspring, it does not say and to offspring as many, but it says and to your offspring. This is one person who, okay, that is through one person who is Christ. I like how, I like the theology that we're seeing right now that Paul's doing, and some even would say acrobats, acrobatics, um, but I like what he's doing here. Um but as to say, as to your offspring, that is one person who is Christ. My point is this. The law which came 430 years later does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to nullify the promise. For if the inheritance comes from the law, it no longer comes from the promise. But God granted it to Abraham through the promise. So, you know, you have a will, you write out the will, you die, you know, my cousin doesn't come along and be like, well, I'm Jay's cousin, so we're going to change the will, and this is going to be changed. No, that's that's what it is. That is the promise. That was the promise I made to those I loved and cared about, and that's fulfilled because of my will, and that does not change. And so he's saying the grace came 450 years-ish, 430 years before the law and that promise was always there. That promise of grace was always in this faith. So he's also making it clear to his his brothers and his Jewish brothers and sisters. You know, going back to the to 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 the scriptures and saying, "Here it is in the scriptures." So if you need to see it, I know you're tearing me apart with the scriptures. Well, I can use the scriptures too. And so. Why don't you take a look at the scriptures? I'll 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 show you how how I see that grace has always been there. Because if this is a hard thing for you, here it is. You know he he he's 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 proving it. He's doing his best to 
prove his case. I mean, that's really what Paul is doing. He's putting his case of grace and forgiveness out there. 19 says, Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring would come to whom the promise had been made. And it was ordered through the angels by a mediator. Now, a mediator involves one involves more than one party, but God is one. In the law, then opposed to the promise of, well, is, okay, is the law then opposed to the promise of God? Certainly not, Paul says, for the law has been given that we could make it alive. And the righteous would be indeed come through the law. But the scripture has imprisoned all things under the power of sin, so that what was promised through faith in Jesus Christ, it might be given to those who believe. So Paul is coming in and he's saying, all right, the scriptures, things have changed. The law was for a time being, and now this is the new thing. I mean, he is literally coming and saying something completely brand new. So it's often when we hear people say something new in Christianity, we go, where is it? I need proof, proof Mm -hmm. text. You know, it's like a law book. Like, well, where in the book does it say that? You know, verse number, please. You know, and Paul is saying, no, that this is this is a promise, and I think that promise is continuously built on the idea of grace and inclusion is continuously something that was built on in the New Testament, and we continue to build on now as we understand it more and research it more and think about it more and have even more knowledge and wisdom uh, given to us through, you know, historians and and archaeologists and scientists and things like that that we're able to add to this. I don't think it's something that was like, you know, you guys can't talk anymore about this or or speculate. And you go, well, how do I speculate? Well, I think, you know, and not become a heretic. I, I think a wise way through that is maybe like, and does it, you know, does it, is it covered by love God with all your heart and loving your neighbor as yourself? You know, I mean, is, is it covered by, you know, can you see it through the lenses of Christ? Um, you know, can you even see it through some of the lenses of Paul? And now not all Paul is Paul, so you have to kind of do some deciding there. Mm. But, you know, these are good things to look at and say like, okay, you know, I mean, I don't think you have to law book it, but I think those are good glasses to put on in and one of the things that uh, Pete Rollins told me about studying philosophy is making yourself so familiar with the philosopher that you, you, you begin to think like the philosopher. You know, when you go into that train of thought, you start to try to think as they would think. Hmm. And I think that's uh, probably a good way to, to look at the Bible is, you know, can we think like, what can we think like Christ? What would Jesus do bracelets? Um, can we can we think, what is Paul, what would Paul think? You know, can we think like the authors here and, and dissect it? I, I know that seems crazy, but it's just something to see. It's just something to think about. Um, now, before faith came, we were imprisoned. Did I read this? Guarded under the law until faith would revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that why he might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to this disciplinarian. And I think a part of this is why people are kicking back and why the Judaizers are kicking back on this is the fact that they're losing a bit of their pull. They're losing some of their power. Mm -hmm. And we've seen in this country is that people like power and people think that's important. And so they're losing some of their 
they pull, you know, some of them are like, oh, well, this is the law says, so you need to do this. And, and with their authority. And, and I mean, I don't know how many people I grew up in the church where these pastors had this passion about having authority. Well, I'm the man of God and this is my authority. So we're going to get together and we're going to make a decision and then you're going to get kicked out. And, da, da, da. and it was as like they were binding it as it was bound in heaven. You know what I mean? Like they were binding and loosing what they wanted to, you know, <laughs> and I, I think that's a cool concept. Um, Rob Bell wrote some cool stuff about it, but what I'm saying is, is that, you know, when you start taking away the law, it gets a little bit harder to be like, Oh yeah, it's grace. Well, I'm under, you know, that it becomes a slippery slope that a lot of people worry it will be. And I mean, I'm obviously an example of the slippery slope that grace is, uh, the whole, the whole revolution churches. Um, but now that faith has come, we are no longer subjects to the disciplinarian for in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. And many of you were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Now, this next part for the past couple of years has been one of the parts that I've I struggled. Uh, I don't struggle with. I mean, I, I like it. I think it's brilliant. Um, Pete Rollins wrote a great thing about Galatians uh, uh, three twenty nine in his uh, his book, The Insurrection. Um, uh, it's a pretty some pretty amazing stuff about it there and it's, and it's and if you've heard him speak you've probably heard him mention it um because he's kind of a one-trick pony <laughs> um <laughs> I, I believe that also zizek has written some things about it as well it is it, it's this is a very interesting thing and and i think in this time uh, with it, with identity being seeming so important it becomes something that uh, interesting to me that years earlier it was something that i felt more more of a conservative struggle with when I would kind of look at it as in a way of, of denominations and things like that. Um, but now uh, it's something that more of my progressive friends are like, Oh, this is tough because you know, this is important. And so I don't think this is going to erase your identity, but I think it's important to look at and I think it's important to think about, and it is uh, not my job to convince you. I just want you to think about it and think well about it and wrestle with it. And if you have a better idea, which you probably do, you know, you can put it in the Q&A here for the service um, or you can hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. Um, because I, Facebook is like I'm, I'm on there the least as my Facebook one. Um, but I'm trying. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. It's just tough. Baby steps. Um, so here we go. Galatians 3, 29. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Now, the second part, everybody thinks, well, if I, then I've got to go say the special prayer, or I've got to do the special thing, and, and I have to become a Christian, and mm-hmm. I have to accept Jesus as my Savior, Good and I'm not be covered. So I, I wanna, I'm going to challenge that idea and, and use examples that Christ has shown us in the past of, uh, of where he humanized people constantly. Um, when he went to Matthew's house, um, everybody goes, why is he eating with tax collectors? Why is he eating with such scum? You know, why does he do, associate with these people? And so what does Jesus do? He's like, you're right. No, he doesn't do that. He says, <laughs> come work for me, Matthew. And what happens to Matthew is Matthew is no longer a 
tax collector to him. Matthew is a friend and a disciple and a human being. And so he humanizes what the world sees outside as something negative. He humanizes Matthew, and Matthew comes and walks with him. And what Jesus does with the woman caught the well. I even think there's one point where the, the Samaritan woman who, where Jesus is like, well, you know, why would I give unholy to the dogs? You know, what's holy to the dogs? And she goes, well, even dogs get crumb from the tables. I think she turned around and humanized Jesus and brought Jesus back down to a human level. I, and I really believe that. I think it's very interesting. Um, you know, I, I've had people argue with that me that, they're, oh, Jesus was just trying to make, you know, riff with her so everyone would see what was going on and just make a good example. I mean, no, 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 no. Jesus was repenting, okay? Jesus was going, oh, no, you're right. But I don't know if she was bringing Jesus back to a human level or actually bringing Jesus up uh, to the level of Messiah, <laughs> to a spiritual level, to seeing beyond that. I don't, I, it could be either way, mm. really, if you think about it. But Christ seemed to humanize others. Now, what is Paul doing here is he is trying to humanize people. Now, obviously, he's talking to people who are in authority. So when he's talking and saying there's neither Jew nor Greek, um, he, 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 he's trying to say, hey, you know, my Jewish brothers and sisters who, who are trying to, to make these Greeks get circumcised and do these certain things, I need you to come down and realize you're one with them. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that we are one, that we, we are more than, than society's... Uh, lit uh, society's um, boxes, categories, categories. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like why does everybody have to be something? Why do we have to be categorized? And you, we all want to be kind of categorized. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I still think about that. Uh, Green Day song has been stuck in my head. Every time I speak now, it's, I, I want to be, be the minority. You know, it's like, everybody's like, you know, uh, because you want to be, you want to say something, you want to fight for something. But Paul is trying to like bring the field you know, and I always felt that, that that's what King was doing. I mean, if, if when I want to hear Dr. King, you know, I mean, yeah, he wanted reparations. And I think there's a great, that's a great, I think that's, I, I agree with that. Um, I think it's extremely difficult to do, but I think it's worthy. Um, he wanted certain things like that, but he wasn't trying to say, we want this something special beyond that. What he's saying is, well, we just want what we're deserved. You know, we just want what, what, what was what, what, what we weren't given and what everybody else was given. Mm. You know, everybody else was given land and homes and things like that. And we were like, oh, you're free. Good luck. Eat well. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. you know, well, what about my land? Oh, no land for you. Just keep, you know, enjoy your life <laughs> now that you don't have anywhere to work or live. But, you know, good luck with that. You'll you know? figure it out. So I think that it's very clear uh, why Dr. King believed in reparations. Um but it's also clear that what, what we also believed that, you know, he said, I hope I dream that a day will come where my sons and daughters are, are judged by, 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 by their, by their, not by the color of their skin, but by, by their character, yeah. you know? And, and he was saying, we, we want to be humans to one another. My dream is that one day humanity will be got together as it's, it's like, it's, I think of John Lennon's song, you may say, I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one, you know, because it's like, maybe one day you'll join us and the world will be as one, you know, that idea of peace does seem a little, mm, I don't know about that. But this idea that our, we're still part of our identities, you know, when, when he said there's neither Jew nor, Gen, neither Jew nor Greek, actually, it wasn't that the Greek people stopped being Greek. Mm-hmm. It, the Jewish people didn't stop being Jewish. 
he wasn't even telling the Jewish people that they had to stop practicing the law. Right. What he was saying is you have to stop making others do what you want them to do. You can't force these people to do something. You know, you're not even under that. It's okay if you do that, but you've got to know that it has nothing to do with your faith. It has nothing to do with Christianity. It has nothing to do with Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, it's not based on that. Mm. So, you know, so people didn't stop being, people didn't stop being male and female at the time. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, people didn't stop being, um, slave or free. slave or, you know, slave or free. You know, I mean, a lot of people are like, why didn't Paul free the slaves? But in a way, what he was doing was he was building the groundwork to these to these slave owners to saying, <laughs> these folks are just like you, you know, and probably making the slaves being like, yeah, I mean, pretty much your whole wealth is built off us anyway. Right. So we are really a community. We are one. And I mean, what do you think this type of message does to someone who owns slaves, you know? When, when, when Paul says, no, 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 you're one with them. They're your brothers and sisters. Right. You know, all of a sudden you see someone as property, and the next minute you see them as your brother and sister, mm. and you see them as a human being, yeah. you know. And, and Paul's saying something so important about there's neither male nor female. You know, the hierarchy, the male hierarchy in, 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 in this time was insane. Like, you weren't even recognized, you know what I mean? They thought everything had to do with the man. Like, oh, the semen is the only reason you have a child because that's the life force. I mean, you know, just everything was, it was, it was barbaric. And and he's saying, you know, women are no different than men. We're all equal. Now, the thing is, as often in, 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 in rights groups, we get to the point where we go like, oh, we need this, or we need that, or we need this, we need that, and, and, and it starts to get, and so people get confused, you know? Um, um, and sometimes I think we do ourselves a disservice, or, or I, I, sometimes I, I, I hear woke people say stuff that I'm like, oh, that actually sounded a little bit racist, what you just said, you know? And I hear racists say things that actually sound racist, too. But it's like, you know, there comes this confusion, these blurred lines, because people don't know, you know, they're so focused on the identity of the person mm -hmm. that, you know, it, it becomes these blurred lines. Yeah, I, I saw a, a comedian do this thing on, on um, you know, these two, we had two different characters, and one character was a racist person and then one person was a super right. woke person and they were both like comparing their belief systems together. And it, and it was just funny. Like if you reword certain things, how you're like, Oh, that might be actually racist. Or, oh, you know, so you kind of get this thing. Anyway, I digress. Really? I digress. I get it. This is a sensitive subject. Um, but there's something beautiful in the recognizing, recognizing one another's humanity. You know, um, yes. when I see my brothers and sisters who have been treated unfairly over time, I realize that there needs to be amends. But when I'm able to love those who hurt my brothers and sisters as well, I realize there doesn't need to be revenge. And so I think that's what, for me, when I think about Dr. King, what Dr. King brought to me was this idea is that there needs to be amends, there needs to be laws changed, but there doesn't need to be revenge. Mm. Um, Mandela, Nelson Mandela. And I think about Nelson Mandela, and when he came into power, people wanted to strip the soccer team of their soccer colors. People wanted to fire all the people in the office and change everything. You know, and, and Nelson Mandela 
did not get revenge. Nelson Mandela actually kept some of the people and he worked with some of the people. And what he was doing was he was working to lead them to repentance. So when we recognize one another's humanity, a natural type of repentance, and now all repentance is, is a change of mind, a change of thought, a change of working ways. Um, when we recognize the humanity of others, something comes alive. I think that's what happened yeah. in, 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 in the civil rights movement. Uh, it wasn't the police who were beating civil rights protesters that recognized them as humans. But when the media cameras hit, it was the people sitting down for their dinner, watching television, seeing African-Americans or black brothers and sisters being beat and seeing their children beat and their mothers and them beat and go, I recognize their humanity. Mm -hmm. This is wrong. This is inhumane. And I'm recognizing that what people are doing is inhuman to them. And this needs to be changed and this needs to be confronted. But that came through a recognition of one another's humanity. And that's where empathy starts to come into place. When I otherize somebody, it's easy for me not to empathize with them. Well, they're this Mm -hmm. and they do this and I don't do that and I don't look like that and I didn't grow up that way. So, you know, why are they doing this? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. But when I realize that we're all humans going through this insane experience called life, crazy thing called life, right? Um, Then I go, oh, God, everybody deserves I mean, that's why I believe in Medicare for all. Everybody deserves to be able to go to the damn doctor. Mm. I don't know why that's such a, a crazy thing, you know? You know, when I see my kids, you know, when I see other people's kids, you know, it's like when I see a child suffering, you know, I automatically think of my kids because my, I'm going through this human experience of raising children and I know what they're like. And my empathy is even stronger because I'm experiencing it. And I see this humanity in other people's children, and they don't have to be white children. You know what I mean? They don't have to be any type of children. They don't have to be in a progressive house or a conservative. When mm-hmm. I see children, mm-hmm. I, I think about what, what is best for these children. And when we recognize one another's humanity, there's a less of, we scapegoat less. Yes. We don't blame it on the other. If we could just get rid of the other, everything would be okay. And I think that's the awful thing. You know, and then when we see the others do radical things, we judge them harshly, call them names, and refuse to to humanize them. And that becomes very easy to do. Yeah. It's very easy to be like, well, those are just a bunch of just, you know, horrible people who believe horrible things. And I would never do that. But to be honest with you, we're all one political move or shift away from following into similar ways. I know because I talk to a lot of you. You know, I talk to a lot of people. I know we all have different passions, but I could never do that. But you'd be surprised what you can do given the right situation. You know, if, if we, when, sometimes when the shoe's on the other foot. So when we try to empathize with the other, we don't otherize them. We humanize them. So when we humanize them, things become different. So when you humanize people who are fighting for rights, things become different. When you humanize people who I will even say breaking into the capital, when you humanize them and see that they're humans suffering with certain thoughts and certain ideas that may be complete misinformation, but you, when you humanize them, you don't become so angry and go like, oh, they all deserve to burn in hell and go and they all should have been shot and killed and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. Why are we shooting these people? We're trying to keep other people, we're trying to keep our, our African-American brothers and sisters safe. Mm-hmm. 
shooting more white people is not going to help it. Yeah. You know, I mean, like we, we, we got to figure out a way where we are, where, where we, we see the humanity within one another. Now, should people have to pay the price for the things they do? Yes. That's how the world works. Right. You know, um, they've broken laws. I've done things. They will be probably held very accountable to those laws. Hopefully we'll see. I don't know. I mean, honestly, nothing surprises me more if, if they aren't, but the thought is, is how do we humanize the other? Now, you might say, Jay, this isn't for me. And I'd say that's great. But what I would say is that's okay if it's not for you, if it pisses you off, if it makes you angry. Um, um, that's okay. That's okay. But maybe this religion isn't for you. You know, maybe this call isn't for you. You know, I can't tell anybody how to live or how they should live. What I can do is focus on things. You know, and share ideas and thoughts with you and say, this is what's going on in my process because I'm reading these books. I'm thinking these thoughts. I've dedicated my life to this work. So here's what I have for you. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. um, share a quick Mandela story real quick that I, that I read and I really hope is true. Um, <laughs> so Mel- Nelson Mandela was sitting down for dinner. And uh, at a restaurant and he saw a man come in and he said, would you please ask that man to come to our table and eat with us? And so his friends detail, his assistants got up and said, you know, Mr. Mandela would like you to join us for dinner. And so they sat and ate dinner. And so the whole time this man looked very nervous, uh, could barely eat his soup. It looked like he was sick and, you know, and uh, Mandela talked to him a little bit. And, the, and they had a conversation. He finished his food and got up and left. And, and some of his people said, do you think that man was sick? What was wrong with that man? He seemed very nervous. And Nelson Mandela said, well, that was my prison guard. Wow. And when I was in prison for all those years, and he used to beat me when he would get bored. And there would be times where I would beg him for water. And he would beat mm-hmm. me and then piss in my mouth. And he's like, so that's what you're seeing is that he was a, it was a fear of retaliation. Mm. And what Nelson Mandela showed him is that I'm not going to return the favor. And if I could teach you one lesson, if I could beg people in the woke community, in the conservative community, in the liberal community, in the very left Marxist community, all of you, is do not return the bad news. Do not return the favor of judgment. Do not return the favor of othering the other. Don't other the ones who've othered us. No. I, I know it's hard and it's tough and it's a struggle. And that's when those scriptures that come that say, die to yourself, die to your flesh, do all these type of things, pick up your own cross. That's when those verses kind of hit the road really, really tough, you know? And um, so... Anyway, people, I see people saying uh, Mandela is a complicated character. I, you know, just for, for reference, for a lot of you who are listening, if 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 um, if you're interested in anyone I'm talking about, they are all complicated characters. They all have contradictions, and none of them are perfect. They are all haphazardly human. So there you go. You can take that and, and use that a little bit, and um, and go for that. So. Uh, so when I talk about somebody, I, I, I don't, you know, use a positive example. It doesn't mean I don't think that they didn't do shitty things or they didn't hurt other people. Right. 
Um, if I talk about a politician, you know, <laughs> obviously I've said some great politicians who've sent missiles and blown up buses and killed little children. Uh, that bothers me. Mm-hmm. But so no one is, was innocent. I mean, that's why we're talking about King as being a complicated character. You know, his marriage was not perfect. He, it, 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 his coping mechanisms weren't great. Um, but he still changed the world we live in and it's still inspiring us to be changed people. But the fact is, is when we look at those things, we can just go like, Oh, well I wouldn't have done that. Mm. Now we can go like, you know, I'm a human being and I might not have done that, but I have this coping mechanism over here. I have this over here. You know what I mean? I've never had that type of power. So if you put me in power and all of a sudden I led people who came after my life to destroy me, I might make their life a little bit hell. Yeah. All of a sudden like, Oh, you know, the grace idea was cool, but you know, I've got some better ideas and, <laughs> You're really gonna gonna hate them. Long lost um, chapter yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna put a little asterisk by Grace. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that I, you know. So I'm just I just want to make that clear is that you know I'm a human being too, and and I've done some dumb things, and mm. I've sought out revenge in my own personal relationships and, and hurt people too. You know, none of us have our shit together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I hope that that should always go without saying is like when we talk about people, even heroic ways, you know, I mean, Paul had lots of bullshit too. You know, Jesus was not perfect either, you know? So everybody's told us he's perfect, but from what I've read, there's some things I'm like, I don't know, Jesus. I think you may have missed it on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, I digress again. Um, just think about this. Just, I'm just asking us not to return the favor when we can, you know, love, love each other recognize one another humanity don't other them and um and be so connected to yourself and know who you are if you can work on yourself this has helped me a lot knowing who i am that when others hold opinions of me that aren't right or don't make sense i don't always even feel a need to correct them because i'm starting to know who i am Mm -hmm. and i can just live my life Mm -hmm. so when people make statements that's also helps me so sometimes i've i've been in the that Greek category where I don't add up and I don't do enough things, you know, but now I've come to the human category in certain relationships in my life, even people who might have power over me, but I've accepted in some ways of who I am and not allowed those things to bother me and, and, and not had to go to war when someone missed me or missed the mark or misjudged me or misdid this, you know, it's sometimes I don't worry about it. Other times I, I say, Hey, you know, let's talk about this. Let's get on the phone or let's, you know, text, you know, or let's have coffee and, and, and talk about this. Mm-hmm. So this is not, this is human, human stuff. So think about it, um, check it out and, um, and enjoy the messiness of, uh, of, of humanity. And, um, you know, we will, I will continue to, revolution will continue to support those who are humans who are treated less than human. And hopefully continue to try to speak truth to that power. Um, but also to my friends who are in the fight, you know, if I see you going, going off the rails, people say, why do you give the left such a hard time? Aren't you, aren't you part of the left? I'm like, yes, I am. And it's because I believe in the left and because I am not that, because that's the group that's most important to my heart is why I say stuff, because I don't want to see the left fall into the same stuff that the right fell yeah. into. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I also don't want to scapegoat the right for everything because that's part of what is easy to do. I, I want us to be human beings and learn to work out our issues together and make this make life better for one another and this world a better place. But that comes through a recognition of each other's humanity, you know. So, um, 
you know, sometimes people are like, hey, man, straight white male, get in your lane, bro. And I get that. So I back off a lot. Um, but if I see you hurting somebody or, or, or see you maybe reacting out of hurt, I may say something and you can tell me to go to hell or tell me I'm privileged or, or whatever. And we can work through that. We can have that conversation as well. Those conversations are always open to being had. So anyway, um, I like the idea that we're all one in Christ Jesus. And I like the idea that Christians are supposed to see. So like, you know, we should not believe in the death penalty. We should not, you know, we should be fighting for people's rights. We should be loving one another. We should be getting rid of barbaric ideals. Um, you know, I think there's a way to do it. And you know what? I, at the, what I think I'm going to do is I've got two messages that I'm actually working on, that I've been working on lately, and, and one is on Jesus. And I'll do that, but maybe we'll, we'll do Galatians, best of Galatians, the Jesus sermon I'm thinking about, and then go back to this verse and really, really pick it apart. Just, this, just go Galatians 3.23, we're just, this is going to be the day that we just shred it up mm. and um, maybe get some folks input ahead of time and uh, figure out, do something special with that. So l- I'll think about that. Anyway, thanks for listening today, folks. Um, I know there hasn't been any major, major hot takes, but, uh, you know, that's what you get today. And thanks for listening. And we are going to do Afterglow. Um, Caleb is back there. He looks like a DJ. <laughs> what do you got, bro? Turn me up in the mix. K, bro. <laughs> C, bro. DJ C, lab. <laughs> All right. Lots and lots of cool comments coming in. I was having a hard time keeping up with them all, so... Uh, Let's uh, dive in with the beginning. I'm ready. Wonderful place to start. All right. So, um, Zoe says, yeah, I want to be transformed by considering, uh, meditating on and practicing a Jesus life until I think like my ancestor, Jesus, I want to know Jesus in my bones. That's beautiful. I agree. Um, and then, uh, let's see, I want to read this one by Alexander. Oh, while I'm looking for that one, I just want to read this one too real quick by Ray, our friend Ray up there in uh, Belfast. Belfast Ray says, (laughs) that's his new nickname. Uh, stoicism has the concept of a sage, which is an ideal we strive towards, but don't necessarily achieve. Makes sense. The sage is an inspiration and an aspiration. They can be real or created. Uh, Massimo, I'm just going to mess this name up. Massimo uh, Piglucci, Piglucci actually calls Spider-Man one of his uh, sages in the practice of his Stoic philosophy. Oh. I, would, I would put Jesus within that context of the sage for my personal practice. And Batman. Of course, <laughs> he Batman. On, of course. Come on. Yeah, uh, Zoe said that's beautiful. Yeah, I agree. That is, that is really beautiful. And that's that's how I see things a lot, too. You know, that's why religion, I say it all the time, religion is a, a practice. Um, becoming Christ-like is a practice. It's, we're never necessarily going to get there, but we have to keep trying to, and we have to keep making uh, baby steps, like you were saying, Jay, baby steps. Yeah, and that's Little what Paul steps. was, you know, the, the race well run. That's what Paul that's means right. by the race well run, is that it's this long thing. It's not just like a... I mean, you know, exactly. Uh, I found that comment that I was looking for by Alexander. Alexander said, I think most humans struggle with the conundrum of simultaneously seeking being part of something homogenous 
united, equal alike, as well as maintaining their uniqueness, personal identity, special one-of-a-kindness, etc. Which is, yeah. And everyone needs to strike that balance as leaning towards one side or the other can be problematic. Balance is problematic as well. I mean, there's so much... I mean, that's why I like philosophy, because it really helps us think these things through. Mm-hmm. Um, See all the nuances. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you have to really study hard, and it's really tough. You know, like uh, I like easy answers, and unfortunately, I think if we want to get any further in this world, we're going to have to start. We're going to have to start looking for complicated answers. Mm-hmm. I fully agree. A little bit of gray. A little bit of gray. Zoe said, uh, reparations are not revenge. Justice is not hateful or it becomes something else. We must end the cycle of violence. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, Greg was kind of reflecting on the verse about, you know, uh, male nor female, Jew nor Gentile, and said, uh, made the comparison, there's, e- there's neither Republican nor Democrat. Yeah. I think that's important. Thing no, that's true. I mean, that's right, that's, right now. Yeah, no, but that's true. Yes. Ray. Uh, chimes in. Says, very good. And surely that has uh, to be the response to the BLM negating statement, all lives matter. Negating. Yeah. Statement, all lives matter. Negating the statement, all lives matter. Uh, and then Thomas, he Thomas says, I'm reading the autobiography of King and the extent to which nonviolence is the most strategic and, p- and practical position is what struck me this time. Yeah, it's mind boggling. I mean, I've read King stuff and then reading books on nonviolence and it's staggering. I mean, it's just. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm impressed with it as well. Totally. Um, and I, also we had met, you'd mentioned Belfast just a minute ago and, yeah. I, and I was just thinking like, you know, the good Friday agreement and the peace process in Belfast is another thing that it's like, I was thinking about it last night and it was just like how, how they came to peace. And it wasn't just that everybody got what they wanted because nobody got exactly what they wanted. And this is kind of what I love about the Irish is, um, <laughs> that, but it was that everybody also got screwed equally. Right. 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 It, that's a, that's a good compromise. And, 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 and um, I thought that was just super brilliant. And um, I'm actually looking for a copy of the Good Friday Agreement that got sent out to people's oh, houses yeah. right now. That would be so cool. Um, because I think we should maybe do a study on the Good Friday Agreement because I think the country, we, we, we need that kind of thing in mm-hmm. this country. I think, you know, we may need it. And, and what they did was amazing and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Speaking of Belfast, Ray, he said also that Mandela is a, a complicated character like Martin McGinnis in Northern Ireland. Words and statements are sometimes momentary and transient, but the results of the work and practice of the person are probably better. the better judge of the person. I think so anyway. Yeah, no, I totally I, agree. I agree with I that. speak louder than words. But I will know? say for some people, for me, for philosophers, their words speak louder than actions. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, so, and there are certain people like musicians whose words spark something in me that makes me want to change. Mm. So, I don't know. I, I like words a lot. And sometimes I like, you know, I love actions. Actions are amazing. And I'd like to see more actions. Um, what's funny, though, is if it's the words are truth, 
and their actions are not, that doesn't say, change the fact that the words were truth. That might just say something right. more about the person, yeah. but the words remain true. That is interesting. And the true words uh, go on to change someone else's life yeah. and, and to affect someone else. Yeah. So, um, I, I, you know, so I think it might be better for when we, when we look at a person and go, well, they say this, but they do this when they're a hypocrite. But we're able to say, but what they said was true and what they did was shit or what they did was said was shit, but what they did was good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the Bible actually covers that a little bit yeah, too. Yeah, those two sons too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Roberta says, this is going back to earlier talks we had on how to peacefully argue with each other, respecting each other's point of view, but being able to confront the issues, not respect or uh, not the people. So, uh, confronting the issue, not the people, with passion, clarity, and love. You know, I, I, it's funny. I mean, I remember sitting in a huge group of what some of you guys would say are probably some of the most progressive Christians in America, trying to convince them that LGBTQ rights mm-hmm. were as equally as important as all other social justice issues. And these are people of diversity, okay? This wasn't just a group of white guys, you know? This was women and men and, and people of color. And and I remember getting pushed back on so hard. Now, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but what I'm trying to say is, is that I remember they would even say, like, when I would personalize it, they would say, oh, you can't argue like that. We all know that that's a trick and that's something you pull. I mean, I've done that in a sermon before. And, and it's funny how, like, like now most of those people are all affirming. I don't think it has anything to do with me, to be honest with you. I probably <laughs> delayed it more than I helped it. But, no, um, but it was, um, it's interesting to see people change. It's interesting to have really tough conversations. It's really interesting to have tough conversations and they don't go where you want it to go. A matter of fact, I used to meet with that group for years. And that last time I had that talk where they shut me down so much, and this was actually probably violence on my part, and that I left. I just didn't go back because I was like, if they can't accept my LGBTQ brothers and sisters equally as this, then I can't be there. And the thing is, is the funny thing is if I said their, I won't, but if I said their names, you would just be like, what? You know, um, but, it, but it's good to have hard conversations. Yeah, it is. You know, it's good to disagree well. It might be good to be a little bit early to things, you know, and be seen as shit, you know. Um, it's good to lead the way. You know, people are afraid to lead, and I understand because it hurts really bad sometimes to be rejected. But I think it's important, and that's why I keep encouraging folks to do that. Like, well, what if these people deny who I am, or what if they don't agree with me? I'm going to continue to do it because you're the one who's going to change them, and I believe that. Mm. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. That was I don't know. I think I had a better point that didn't come out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That's works and mouth (laughs) not working together. Brain and mouth. So, so Ray responded to. Uh, Roberta talking uh, with her comment earlier, uh, talking about confronting the issues and not the people. And uh, Ray said, I got a lesson in this last week. I was way too confrontational with Zoe as a person rather than dealing with the issue at hand. Took me 24 plus hours before seeing that too. Wow. Thanks for being so transparent there, Ray. Wow. That's cool. It's cool to see the community. I love it. Love, love, love. Working this, working shit out. Yeah, you know, and you know that's all, this. This is biblical too. Like uh, having a part of time when, when, when the con- when the body uh, meets up is 
they're not, I think they call it confessing, <laughs> but you know, but like just kind of airing out. We're having testimony time. Amen. Testimony. I mean, yeah. honestly, I honestly too, when you guys share like stuff like that, where you've, you've had struggles and you've given hard, had a hard time with each yeah. other and you work it out. I mean, honestly, I mean, it's like, like financially this month sucked for evolution, but like when I hear that, yeah. it's like, it just makes me alive. It makes me feel like, God, this is, it makes me want to read more books. It makes me want to study more. It makes me want to do this more. I mean, it just, it encourages the living hell out of me to see us doing this as a community because we are a very diverse group of people. And I don't even think we realize how diverse we are. And and, and everyone thinks we should be killing each other and we should be judging each other and we should be tearing each other down and and, and, and having really mean arguments. But instead, we're we're really trying. It might take 24 hours. It might take a month. It might take a year. but But it seems like we're really trying to work out our issues. And to me, that that is, you know, I mean, that's that's what we're here to do. That's what that's the message. It's like this is the message. The message is being lived out. Go do something else. You don't have to come to revolution anymore. You passed. Right. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. And then, uh, so just like continuing with that same thread of uh, conversation, uh, Roberta replies back to Ray and says, "That's definitely something I have to work on as well. We are all a work in progress." And then Zoe hops in and says, "As we talked uh, to Roberta." As we talked in DMs until we worked it out. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, maybe he's talking about Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talked in DMs until we worked it out and heard each other. Neither of us took our feelings on Sunday morning and let them sit. We got together and talked about it. Thank you, Ray. Love that. That's great. That is wonderful. Wonderful to see that playing out in real time. Greg said, Grace as accepting the messy. Thomas says, We appreciate you, Jay. Thank you. Uh, Greg says, all are one in, in Christ. Oh, here's a question for you. How do we accept those who we are not accepting? Oh, okay. How do we accept those who we are not accepting? I guess maybe what's a step towards accepting those who we have a hard time accepting? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's really where, the, where we're talking about the rubber hits the road. Yeah. You know? And, 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 and I'll go back to Dr. King. Um. I think he 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 drew the best roadmap, um, and he had a lot of great teachers as well. Um, but but I I think he drew such a good roadmap on, on how to to disagree well, and how to communicate the truth to those folks who he disagreed with. Um, but like I said before, he also knew the importance of of, of you know. You can't, I can't make someone love me. A law can't make someone love me, but it can keep them from hanging me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that that is the important thing. So I I think we're going to always have different levels that people disagree with us on. And I just think having good conversations, you know, honestly, I think taking, sometimes taking even our uh, setting our own insecurities aside and, 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 uh, And going in with just like, hey, let's just talk this out. I, I, you know, if we can talk it out. And it might have to be us who reaches out to do that. Um, I think it's easy sometimes to love people you disagree with from afar. Yeah. Um, and just say, well, you know, I love those people. I'm thinking about those people, but I don't hang out with those people because they don't like me and I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Um, but at what point do we, where, where does the human interaction happen? Right. And, and, and do we want to create that before there becomes a need that we're going to crash? 
you know, like, heck, call somebody on the phone. You know, can mm-hmm. we work this out? Go yeah. meet with them. I mean, that's what I always loved about Soul Force. So Soul Force would go to all these places and everybody's like, oh, you're agitators. And they're like, no, we want to meet with your leadership. We want to have this conversation. We need to have it now. Right. You know, we need to recognize each other as humans and start working on this issue because you've just made a decision that we think is deadly. So we want to have this conversation. So they would force the conversation. So sometimes I think, you know, forcing the conversation. I mean, for me, I'm such an introvert that if you don't like me, I'm just going to take all my toys and go home. Um, but if it's an important relationship, then I'm going to try to work it out. You know, if, if it's someone I think that needs to hear something, I'm going to try to work it out. I swear this couch sinks. Mm-hmm. I get my headspace just gets bigger and bigger. And yeah, bigger. I noticed that too. Um, oh, I forgot to bring your uh, phone books for you to sit on. Yeah, such a cozy <laughs> booster seat, cozy couch I have here. If you want to donate a <laughs> booster seat to J- yeah. Revolution Church? Oh my lord, pastor booster. needs to be an adult booster seat. The pastor booster available for two payments of twenty nine ninety nine. Is your pastor shrinking? Gold. I want it the gold. Pastor booster. Um. And then Greg just said, uh, back to, to your response to his question, oh, thanks, yeah. talk it out, sometimes laugh it out, sometimes maybe flip a table yeah. if, if they think, if they insult God and, and others. Flipping a table can do a whole lot, mm-hmm. honestly. It can get a really good reaction. Um, I remember there was a group of preachers that were meeting together, and so they had asked, um, Larry Flint had become a Christian, so they had originally asked Larry Flint to come speak to this group of uh. pastors. And, of course, they all got cold feet right after they did it mm. and canceled it. Well, my dad was on the plane, flying in, on the Hustler plane with Larry Flint, flying in, you know, talking about God wow. and the conversion and all this stuff. And um, and so my dad got there, and they said, oh, we've canceled. We're not going to have it. My dad was like, what the hell? He's like, if, if, you guys, if you guys don't do this, this man probably never come back to church ever again. And he got this. He's like, this is this is, this is damn heresy or something and he flipped the table and i was wow. like man that was a badass nice. moment that was yeah. like i was like oh yeah flip the table <laughs> i'm putting that one in my arsenal for real i'm not gonna use it lightly but yeah one but just days, really day just before i die start picking out tables that mm. you want to flip and then be like oh there's this one place i want to invite you to <laughs> yeah. that make sure the flo- make sure the table's not bolted to the floor because uh-huh, that's embarrassing yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe go go ahead ahead of time and uh, maybe loosen up those bolts even. That'd yeah, if you loosen them up, then it looks like yeah, you ripped it, it, it out of the ground. Out, yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. Um, very intimidating. Yeah, very intimidating. Serious. Uh, we really digress. <laughs> <laughs> Come up with some pretty darn good ideas, though. <laughs> uh, as I said, I really like your idea of going back to these verses with folks giving input. You could have conversations with several different folks and it could become a conversation that you draw inspiration from. Like you could have you could host a bunch of folks in the bar of Night and Squire. That would be awesome. Yeah. Night and Squire do you get the reference? I do not know what That's that That's amazing. Uh, well done. That was it. All right everybody. Well maybe we will set up a Night and Squ- Night and Squire. I think it's uh, something in the bottle. Is the name of the bar there? Um, maybe we'll start a start a service called that um, "Time in a Bottle" service, and uh, I think that would be really great. To be honest with you, I would like more of that. I, I mean, I'd honestly, if my folks who don't agree with me wanted to have me on to talk, I would love to do that as well, and just have conversations. I think that's a powerful thing. Mm, it is. All right, folks. Well, thanks so much. This has been great, uh, encouraging to me, and. Um, yeah, we'll see. 
next week is going to be wild. So we'll, I, I, I will, I look forward to speaking to you on Sunday. Stay safe out there. Love each other. Be compassionate. Think before you type and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. That was a post-Christian podcast.